So I, I definitely, I think you can, you know, innovate um, whether you're in a reinsurer or in a carrier, if, if there is um, group-wide support to do so and that um, folks are really, you know, they have enough psychological safety to, to bring up their ideas and push things forward and are empowered. Okay, so uh, I'm very excited today to have uh, Richard D'Souza with us. He is the Deputy Head of Growth and Development at SCORE and uh, newly promoted into that role. So congratulations and uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Josh. Happy to be here. Yeah. So maybe you could, uh, you know, just tell us a little bit about this uh, role and and kind of uh, what you've been doing at SCORE and, you know, how things look going forward. Sure, sounds good. So um, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm the deputy head of our uh, growth and development um, business, which essentially is our U.S. Um, new business unit, which com- uh, is comprised of our um, client-facing teams, our strategic partnerships team, our marketing um, uh, marketing insights, um, as well as our pricing, underwriting, underwriting technologies. Um, so it, it's a, a pretty big group across the organization. Um, I have uh, direct leadership for all our client-facing activities. Um, I've been with the group now for 12 uh, plus years. I actually going on 13 years. I apologize. The pandemic's taking a toll on on right. uh, memory for sure. Um, and I've worked in um, different markets um, in different roles within the group. And prior to that, um, I was a um, early, I, I joined the company at a very early uh, stage. One of uh, with the uh, co-founders, and I was one of the shareholders. And we built up uh, the business um, in the early two thousands um, in, until um, I exited in 2008. Okay. So um, I don't know if it makes sense to jump into this now or to wait until a little bit later, but um, how do you feel like your sort of background in that business and entrepreneurial experience kind of, you know, helped you or was there a culture change going into, you know, a larger global organization? And could you maybe speak to that a little bit? Sure. No, absolutely. It definitely helped me. Definitely helped. Um, And it helps a lot in terms of, especially as we work on um, the partnerships that we have with either startup companies or or, uh, organizations that might be a little bit smaller, um, you know, scores of a large organization. And one thing that uh, we've done as an organization is really try to be a bit more nimble um, and try to meet our partners closer to um, some of their needs, be a little bit more sympathetic. I think we've gotten much, much better um, over time. So definitely has helped uh, me and I think across the organization, um, we've, we've definitely been getting a little bit closer to an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, so I've, I've definitely seen strides in that. And so in terms of, you know, tech or insurance innovation more broadly, I know that's really been a, a, a lot of your primary focus uh, more recently. So can you maybe speak to, you know, how SCORE fits into the overall landscape, maybe how mm-hmm. the approach is a little bit different, in your opinion, than maybe some of the other reinsurers? Yeah. So I'll, I'll speak for the life division first, because we have our property and casualty and we have our life division. For our life division, 
Our strategy has essentially been um, to look at companies that can support our clients and our clients being the carriers that, that we work with uh, globally. Um, so services that can in turn help their policyholders um, or applicants. So be it um, mental health, um, we invest in a company that, that helps um, in mental health called uh, iFeel. We invested in a company called uh, Human API that does electronic health record and more broadly does a health intelligence platform, which they're rolling out or started rolling out across the market. Um, we've invested in a wearables company. We've invested um, in a company that, well, two wearables company, one that does um, uh, wearable, like, um, for example, for sleep apnea and for, for early detection of certain cancers. And so really fascinating um, stuff. So that's been our, our, our um, primary remit is in um, partnering or investing in companies that we can in turn bring a solutions to our clients on the life side. Um, I would say very similar philosophy on the property and casualty side with the addition of the fact that uh, there's been more um, um, investment, even a little bit closer to distribution. And so it's been, um, you know, they've, they've and, and as you know, property and casualty has tended to be a little bit more ahead yeah. in terms of the intratech scene. So I think our PNC colleagues um, have been doing this for a little bit longer and very successfully, I should say. Got it. And 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 so um, what about on the other end in terms of carriers who are looking to new build new products or just insurtechs that are looking to build new new insurance products? Um, you know, is that something that you've worked on and, and, yes. and sort of how do you how do you approach that yeah. and, and 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 try to kind of evaluate and then and then add value as well well you know that definitely it's something that we've we you know it, we spend a lot of time working jointly with our carrier partners on new product development so that's a very big piece of what we do very similarly is there a fit for that product in the marketplace. And sometimes a product that might sound like it's great might not really have wings. So is there um, a, a, you know, a runway that's going to allow distribution to actually be successful in some, you know, is there a distribution period? Um, Are there, you know, because if you just um, invent a product in your basement, in your garage, so to speak, an insurance product, and you think it's the most brilliant product out there and you have no consumer feedback, you have no distribution feedback, I'm not so sure it's going to be successful. If you don't have distribution aligned, I'm not so sure it's going to be successful. So that's a very big part of it is, is it worked developing a product and what what is that product going to do? Is it something that, is it filling a gap that currently exists or is it making an existing process or product that's out there better. Um, and so if, if it's doing one of those two things and there is a pretty good guarantee, quote unquote, that distribution is well aligned and on board, you, you could be pretty certain that it's going to work well. If some of those things are missing, um, you know, it, it, it might be a, a lost exercise. And we've lived uh, both types of situations. So in terms of, you know, again, from a talent perspective, if someone has been working in more traditional areas of the business and wants to get into innovation, um, you know, I've had conversations with people 
uh, who come from a carrier background, let's say, but, you know, what's it like from a reinsurance perspective? How How is it different? How is it maybe, you know, more interesting? Because maybe you have a broader perspective as a reinsurer. I mean, yeah. how, how do you think about it? Yeah. I'm not sure it's more interesting. It's just different. Um, I think all of them are interesting. When you think about, um, you know, the big advantage when you're in a direct carrier, obviously, you have you're much, much closer to the end consumer, the end policyholder, which ultimately is the is is the entity that we're all trying to serve. Um, and so we simply do that through carriers. The, the flip side of it is that we get to see what is happening across many different carriers. And so you're able to get a feel for different distribution, different product sets, different strategies. And, and you know, that helps inspire some of our thinking and our approach and how we work with companies. And um, so I, I definitely, I think you can, you know, innovate um, whether you're in a reinsurer or in a carrier, if, if there is um, group-wide support to do so and that um, folks are really, you know, they have enough psychological safety to, to bring up their ideas and push things forward and are empowered. And is there a, any, any, are there any, excuse me, are there any particular trends or patterns in, in terms of your carrier partners and what they're looking to you for these days? Do you see any, you know, trends, yeah. you know, looking toward sort of the back half of 2021 yeah. into 2022 that you yeah. see coming? I think, you know, obviously the, the, you know, things have accelerated even more on, on distribution. So, you know, digital distribution. So that's, that's a big one. So how do you price, underwrite, assess risk um, within that environment? So um, there are, you know, a lot of pressures around the low interest rate environment. And so I would say, you know, uh, financial solutions that support some of our pricing. That's another big one. Health and wellness, um, which score has been very um, strong at advocating the connectivity between health and wellness um, and life insurance. And so we're seeing more emergence from companies thinking about engagement, thinking about health and wellness, thinking about bundling their their offerings. Um, so those those would be, uh, you know, I would say that the three big ones and they, they touch on quite a lot of um, other aspects. And what about the fact that, you know, or as a global organization, you know, does that create any different perspectives for you? Does it, do, 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 yeah. do you feel like you bring other things, you know, from across the border? Um, absolutely, uh, absolutely. So we're seeing, we're seeing, um, I would say, in some markets where um, regulation isn't as stringent, where the market has leapfrogged because they didn't have a lot of the legacy issues, where uh, the market might be less mature, where distribution is different. We're definitely seeing things that um, inspire our thinking. Um, and in turn, we're able to start importing, I would say, a localized version of, of some of those ideas. And uh, our biological age model, for example, is a good one where it, it definitely it's very predominant in the Asian markets. Um, but we're looking at how can we incorporate that um, better within the U.S. market and use that as part of our underwriting uh, in the future. And, um, you know, those are kind of uh, long hauls, but if it hadn't started somewhere, I'm not sure it would have inspired another market to just create it on their own. All right. Um, <clears throat> and um, is there any, 
sort of further advice you might have for someone who wants to build a, a career or, um, you know, you've kind of seen it from two sides. So someone who had an entrepreneurial background mm-hmm. and, and kind of got further into insurance or um, someone who's been, you know, working in insurance but wants to get more into innovation or insure tech. So any, uh, any advice? I would, you know, my the best advice I think I could give folks is number one, it is a great industry to be part of. You are literally, whether in property and casualty or in life insurance, you are protecting assets. You're contributing to the resiliency of society. You are protecting families. Um, you know, so you know it, it is definitely um, a very appealing industry and 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 one that. Um, I think at times it, it doesn't get the uh, amount of credit that it, it really deserves. So that's the first one for re- folks to really understand more intrinsically what the industry does and serves. Um, and then the second one um, is to, if anybody gets into the industry, to really try to understand um, and not across the, the, the value chain and not be focused on only their area of expertise. So if you are entering as a pricing actuary, well, understand underwriting operations, finance, and really get a, a full perspective. Um, and the same thing for some of these insure techs, really try to understand the fit that you have within the organization's value chain. Um, and I, I, I think if you combine those two things, you, you know, it'll, it'll uh, work much better. So Richard D'Souza, he is the Deputy Head of Growth and Development at SCORE, and uh, really appreciate having you on. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Josh. Take care.